Uh, well, we hope we're live anyway. So, uh, good morning, everybody. I'm Andrew Jenkins, and this is a short countdown timer to help the various feeds catch up and settle down. And hopefully, we're on live today. So, uh, we never quite know whether we're there or not. So, uh, yep. Um, coming up, hopefully. And in this week's Leaders Live, we hang out again with my mate, Rebecca Jenkins, founder of Argen and helping businesses to grow beyond expectations based on previous experience of growing companies to eight figures. Oh, that's a, that's a big number. And our theme today is how to sell authentically without being salesy. Well, I don't know, but we'll find out today what that's all about. Give us a quick wave, Rebecca. Hello. There we go, brilliant. And uh, we're just waiting for the comments to come through. Tell us we're live, please, folks. That would be handy. There we go, we're live, yep, we're, I'm in. So brilliant, I can see people building up, so that's good. And uh, Mrs. Moderator herself, Sarah Jenkins, FD of PDX Consulting, say a quick hello. Good morning, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Really good morning. Good morning. And oh guess what, goodness. guess what, we've got <laughs> comments. <Yes. laughs> Today's a good day. Brilliant, it's a good day today. So LinkedIn has decided to give us comments. How about that, isn't that wonderful? Uh, so we've got uh, Tilly and the CX Marketing Gang in the background. We've got David Agnew from Ghost, our sponsors. Good morning. Thank you very much for sponsoring us, David Agnew. And here is our official sponsors video. There you go. I hope you like that little jingle. We love putting that together. So, oi oi people and hi gang, it's the Leaders Live Showtime again, folks. And we've got comments in the feed today. We're so excited, we can't believe it. Ah, so, it's just after 8.45am here in the UK and we are live, live, live with Leaders Live. Spreading the love, folks, spreading the love. Yeah, but dabba do. And uh, we hope you enjoyed that groovy opener, as I said, uh, folks. And this week, we're delighted that we're powered by our sponsor, a brand and design agency, Ghost. And, oh, please let us know if our audio is coming through OK, too. So I presume that it is. And uh, good morning, Paul Brown. Good morning, David. Good morning, Pauline. And good morning to a LinkedIn user. <laughs> so to give us a good morning, please. Um, good morning, uh, Jonas. Probably good morning, Vietnam, wherever you are. Matthias, that's your usual strap line. So uh, let us know where you are. So, uh, yeah, please, if you're, if you're online, just give us a quick um, hello so we know who you are. Um, so don't be shy. Um, we'd love, love, love you to introduce yourself so that we can get to know and encourage you to actively network with us and build relationships with each other. Because funny enough, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Good morning, Angelique. Fantastic. And uh, we have three simple rules in this community. It's a safe community. We have mutual respect. And please, 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 no selling in the room. So please join in, interact with the comments and chat and ask questions as we go along. And our motto here at Leaders Live is I to the power of we. And as usual, we're streaming out on all the major social media channels and the LinkedIn Leaders Live website as well. Ooh, don't you just love tech? And today we're loving tech because it's all come through okay and we're delighted with it. And not only... Uh, you, can you catch us live on the live but you can also catch us on the replay and we've got podcasts too we'll let you know when those are about and i'm sure you'll appreciate there's a huge amount of work and love that goes into producing this high quality freemium um, leaders live business show every week folks and um, so one really easy way you can give back to the show and appreciate and love us in the show is to use the little app called buymeacoffee.com um, using the link buymeacoffee.com uh, backslash leaders live and you can buy me if you buy me five coffees you get free half an hour coaching session how about that what value is that and uh, Sarah will put the link in the feed and you get a shout out too on the show when you buy me a coffee so please please feel the fun there's a qr link as well and so it's no faffing about it's a little awesome little app and uh, all proceeds go back to the show to make it even more better folks so smash those likes too and those thumbs up we really appreciate that that keeps us motivated as well and we love 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 you to subscribe to our email list gosh We've got one of those now, and uh, we'll be talking about that this morning, actually, with Rebecca. And to make it real simple, um, we've got a single uh, link tree URL, so you can contact me dead easily. So the link will be in the feed shortly. Sarah will pop it in um, now. And uh, yeah, that's that. And uh, LinkedIn, uh, Linktree, if you didn't know, it's a virtual business card. It's dead cool, folks. 
Um, really smart way of um, of connecting with your audience. And thanks to Kieran for his advice on that. Brilliant. So if you put it all together, what have you got? Yep, you've got it. Bibbidi, bibbidi, bobbidi, boo. Ah, so let's bring in our guest for today. So where are we? Where is my guest scene? There we go. Well, good morning, Rebecca Jenkins. How are you doing? Good morning, Andrew Jenkins. How are you? <laughs> See, we've got three Jenkinses in the room today, so there you go. Ah, fantastic. So our theme today is how to sell authentically without being salesy. Wow. wow and I think that might deserve a ooh. ooh, ooh. So set the scene for us, Rebecca. Kick us off. You know, give us the direction of travel today. Inspire us with where we're going today. Oh, do you know, there's so many views about sales, aren't there? You know, people have very strong views about it nobody likes to be sold to no so how do you overcome that and make sales and i think that's the kind of theme that we're going to be going through i mean so many people do sales really well but it does have a very tarnished reputation doesn't it doesn't um, it yeah. yeah yeah it people go back to that kind of traditional car sales person but sales has moved <laughs> on so much uh, since then um we're going to be talking about modern sales techniques and how to do selling well um, without any sales, without any single pushy sales technique or Ooh. tactic at all. Well, we so, like that, don't we? I think that deserves a... Ah, I think we're all going to resonate with that. So um, have you got a quick um, audience question to help us to, um, to get the audience going with an interaction question at all, Rebecca? So, so ask the audience a question would be, mm. What's your perspective on sales? Kind of a bit like the poll, I guess. You know, what what do you love about the sales process or what do you not like okay. about selling and sales? Yeah, I've got that down as what has been your biggest challenge in sales and what did you learn from it? Was that was that about oh, right? Sorry. Yeah, yeah that's about the same question. No, 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 that's fine. Yeah, so, what's your biggest challenge in sales? What do you, what's your biggest sales challenge? Absolutely. Okay, yeah. so hopefully that will go in the um, in the feed in a moment. Looks like Tilly's doing the feed for us, so we'll come on to Mrs. Moderator. How are we doing, Mrs. Moderator, this morning? Good morning. Well, I got really excited because it appeared we were doing really well, and then, I don't know, LinkedIn's ha still having a few glitches because some of the LinkedIn comments that I can see on LinkedIn just aren't coming in on the feed. Okay. So thank you, Tilly, for posting. I started <laughs> well, but I've fallen first hurdle, so Tilly's going to carry on posting. Brilliant, um, brilliant. But, okay. yeah, great to see. There's a few names that I don't recognise, which is brilliant, so we might have a few new people. Paul, yeah, we've got Paul Brown. Pauline yeah. Beach, good morning, Paul Brown. Good morning, um, Pauline. Yeah. Siobhan, um, Steve Whittle, nice to see you here on time. Excellent. Good morning. <laughs> 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 we, we, we love teasing you, Steve. So good morning, Steve. How are you doing, mate? You're all right. Um, so, yeah, really, really looking forward to, uh, as you say, sales is such a pertinent topic um, that, yeah, we all need to uh, be the best that we possibly can. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And good morning, Silver Fox from South Africa or wherever you are in the world. Um, this is a subject that's very close to your heart, um, Mr. Dane, Mr. Guy Dane, and morning, Paul Winfield. And uh, yeah, great. Okay. And oh, hello, Joe Cooper. Brilliant. And uh, fantastic to see you as well. So we did this. Let's just have a quick look. Where are we? We did this. Let's bring back Rebecca. And uh, before you begin, Rebecca, let's just give you a round of applause. Yay! Feel the love. Feel. The... Hope you love the groovy build-up because that's all part of the sales thing, right? We've got to have a groovy build-up. So uh, there we go. So there's a groovy build-up for you. Let's um, let's start with um, with uh, the audience question, Rebecca. You know, what has been your biggest challenge in sales? While we're waiting for the comment to to come in, and there are comments coming in, by the way. So, but we'll start with you, Rebecca. Oh, my biggest challenge in sales. Mm. I learned so much from this. Was uh, my previous business was in logistics, and if anybody here has a logistics business or has worked in it, you will know how competitive it is. Oh, and uh, there are, believe it or not, over a hundred thousand logistics companies in the UK. Might be slightly less now; it might be around ninety thousand. That's wow. a stack of competitors, and uh, we really wanted to win some big accounts. And we kept pitching for big accounts, mm -hmm. and we kept being rejected. Oh. We were small business so mm. i think my goodness this is a challenge how are we going to overcome this how are we going to grow the business and win some big accounts mm. and we've got we're going to have to do things really differently 
and we decided that what we would do was get to have a list of companies that we'd really love to do business with and start to target those but get to know them inside out and really kind of understand what was going on in their world and what their challenges were and when we did that we had the opportunity to bid for a really prestigious retail contract and we thought right we know this company inside out now we'll put in our proposal but we were up against really big players you know companies that were turning over billions and we wow. thought oh, i don't know whether we'll be uh, we'll be successful or not but we put in our proposal and we won it wow lesson the big lesson was when you have all of these insights you can put something together that's very different from what anybody else puts together because other uh, people hadn't bothered to do the insights even our much bigger competitors so we put something together very different and they loved it so, so that, that, was that was the big sorry rebecca carry on that was the big challenge was how do we break through and get these big opportunities um, yeah, and it sounds like you did a lot of research to make that work for you. So you created something from just by looking, right? And the more you look, the more you found, I guess. Yeah, we really did a deep dive into the business. Yeah. Um, I often say, look, if I'd been on Mastermind and my my um, specialist question was this particular company, I would have I would have got I would have won Mastermind. That's how much <laughs> I like that. If it was a Mastermind topic, I'd have won it. Brilliant. <laughs> won much else on mastermind but i would have won that <laughs> yeah and and what would what were the key things that made you think that you would win that then you know so what what were the learnings for you there rebecca uh it was knowing knowing how we could put something together for them in yeah. terms of a distribution solution mm -hmm. that nobody else had thought about because they didn't have the insights that we had yeah. so we were able to offer them something which gave them scale to grow i mean i just we created a transformation for them in some respects and they just loved it and nobody else had thought about it. Brilliant. Um, so quite a unique pitch and, you know, really went on a, on a sharp angle there, I guess. Yeah. And we learned so much from that. I mean, another story is we came close to losing it, but that's a, another story <laughs> another day after having it for 12 months, we got close to losing it, but. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So there's one thing winning it. There's another thing keeping it, right? Exactly right. Yeah. Ah, you, okay. Brilliant. Let's give you let's give you a quick break for a minute. Let's bring in um, Mrs. Moderator again. What's going on in the chat? Let's just see Ooh, what's uh, lots lots, lots going, going on in the on. chat. Um, Guy, how to structure your approach depending on your client's personality? Ah, Absolutely. okay. So that's his um, challenge, right? Simon Brown, bridge Hi, sales Simon. challenge is finding people who are showing buying signals. Oh, because it's finding people who are showing buying signals. So it's working out the buying signals. Rebecca, what do you think to that? That's an interesting comment, isn't it? Yeah, showing it's really buying... interesting, isn't it? Mm. I think you have to go before you see the buying signals. Yeah, right. And Good. you have to get to know them because they might not be ready to buy just yet. But mm. if you can build a relationship with them when they are ready to buy, you'll be forefront of mind. And, you know, if you're not everybody's ready to buy right now, but getting to know them, build that relationship with them at some point, they will be ready. So having a number of different touch points and ways that you can keep in touch with them. And then you can spot the buying signals once you get um, to know them. Yeah. So that that's a subtle difference, that, isn't it? So um, I really like the way you said that. So actually, the buying thing isn't before you get a sales a signal. It's way before that, right? So yeah. hopefully that'll help Simon a bit as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it happens before that. It's about building the relationship way before you've even got a buying signal sometimes. Okay, a bit yeah. like the moving parade that we like to talk about, Sarah and I. You know, mm -hmm. that you're watching a parade move by, and if you just stand still and, and you don't follow the parade then your message just, just gets lost, right, in the yes. parade. So you've got to keep yeah. on delivering that message over and over again. Yeah. I mean, okay. how many times do people need to see your message? Is it something like seven times? Six or, or seven six times, they say, even ten times, yeah. you know, so depends who and you listen to. touch points before mm. from call to doing business with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Sarah? Yeah, other comments uh steve whittle staying organized whilst managing a large and diversified customer base it's a reality that customers are often geographically dispersed yeah. they use different mediums they have different needs managing all the pieces can be overwhelming if you're not organized 
Yeah, it sounds like a team game as well, doesn't it? Not one person can do it if you're very big anyway. Um, Interesting, Joe Cooper says her biggest challenge in sales is ghosting. There's interest, seemingly meetings, conversations, then nothing. She's still trying to figure that one out. Oh, Oh, that is a tough one, one, you know, Mm. and I sort of have a general rule of thumb that you can do six or seven follow-ups, but try and be creative in those follow-ups. So it's not just another phone call. It's not just another email. You could send them something in the post. So you could wow. send them a book. You could send them a voucher for coffee. You know, just <laughs> oh, yeah. different ways of following up yeah. to, to get attention. That is a tough one. But, you know, you've got to do the follow through. No mm. question. But six or seven times and then maybe move on. But bring them, have them on a list to follow up in a six months time or something. I like the idea of sending someone a coffee voucher, have a coffee on me. I really like that idea. That's just brilliant. So, uh, yeah. 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 Great. What else, Sarah? Thank you. Um, hello to Rachel Fogg. That is a name I've not come oh, across. Oh, hello, Rachel. Before. One of my mates. Oh, there we go. Um, biggest challenge, how to open dialogue when people aren't meeting in person. Oh. You can't just bump into them, can you? No, but you can use social selling. Right, and, uh, carry on. Have conversations on places like LinkedIn. And I think that's just a great way to, to do it these days. So I agree. That was a big challenge for me when we had lockdown. And I thought, wow, I'm going to have to get to grips with using LinkedIn for a different way of prospecting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But not, not the get in touch and sell immediately because that does not work. Um, no. <laughs> creating... Um, resonating having conversations with people on linkedin is a great way to overcome that in-person uh, situation that we have less of these days but perhaps coming back a bit more to life now yeah and interesting so rachel i'd, I'd had dialogue with with you rachel over the weekend because i hadn't spoken to you for ages i saw that you joined the um the event so i just shot rachel a message saying hey how you doing and I've got a lovely reply back, which I'll be reading in more in more detail today, Rachel. But uh, and that just shows, doesn't it? You know where the power of social media and social selling, and you know using the message box in LinkedIn to say, "Hey, how are you doing?" You know, just start that dialogue off. Well, that's how we've got to know each other, Andrew. Yeah, dead right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah through, through LinkedIn. That's yeah. totally right. Yeah, and same for Tilly as well. I met Tilly online, so uh, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> ages ago 2016 apparently so yeah moderate mrs moderator what else thank you yeah, um kathy heath um smaller right, contracts don't, don't don't need to give buying signals if you can leverage your relationship trust and create a solution that aligns to their needs and goals with a clear business case and um, oh. often sales happen when you're not looking for a solution but you present a way to save a cost or increase revenue Oh, really? That's really interesting. Yeah, Yeah. Kathy is a consummate sales lady. So, uh, yeah. So smaller accounts don't need to give buying signals if you can leverage your relationship. There you go. That's exactly what we're talking about, right, Rebecca? Yeah, absolutely. Spot on. And I think you've made a really good point. Help them to help your prospects to increase their revenue or reduce their costs. There's a real sweet spot in there. So, yeah, doing that is is, yeah. is really good. find a way mm. of adding value either by adding value or saving costs right either way that's a value yeah. yeah 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 one of kathy's specialists anything else sarah you want to pick up on yeah steve whittler unless the buyer knows you likes you and trusts you they won't buy so it comes back to yeah. that relationship building doesn't it it does indeed and we'll be talking more about that you know how do you get people to like you more and know you better you know those kind of things and nurture nurture that relationship there's another word that we perhaps need to pick on as well so we did this poll didn't we we'll come back to some of the comments in a moment so we did this poll let me just find this poll where is it there it is we did this poll the other day didn't we you know what do you find most frustrating when getting sales calls or messages and uh, I thought this was fascinating. This really took off this one, actually. Um, quite amazing, the amount of responses we got from this one. Um, well into the hundreds, which is brilliant. So we got um, nothing, happy to get them 4%. Um, they've got a job to do, 23%. Don't listen, they're on a script, right, 38 um, On own agenda, too pushy, folks. Don't be too pushy, 36%. That's what puts most people off. So what, what do you say to those stats, Rebs? Well, I think um, nothing, happy to get them, only 4%, so people yeah. don't really like them in the first place. 
Uh, yeah. So that's quite interesting. We've got to be quite creative in how we might approach um, mm. prospects. And don't listen on a script. Yeah, so true, because one of the key things about doing sales well is to listen and really understand what's happening in the world of your ideal clients. And if we don't do that, then we're really missing a trick and people don't like it, as we can see from these stats. Well, I thought the biggest one was going to be um, own agenda too pushy, but okay, a couple of percentage points between that. Um, yeah, don't listen. Well, that's a key number one in sales, isn't it? You've got to listen and understand what's happening in the world of your ideal clients and your prospects. Yeah, so it's a couple of things there. One is about good listening and understanding what's going on for them, but also finding that angle and being intentional about it, like you said earlier. So it's sort of yeah. a combination of those things, isn't it? Listen, but then find a creative solution by listening, I guess. Yeah, I like to think of it as mm -hmm. um, go beyond selling a solution because oh. everybody's talking about selling a solution. I think we've got to go beyond that. And we've got to be thinking about how can we really create a transformation for that business that's linked to their strategic goals. And the only way we can find that out is by doing the research beforehand. So really try and understand what's, what are they intending to do? What are they striving to achieve? And how can you help them to do that by creating some form of transformation in their business? So we've got to think bigger, perhaps, than just selling a solution, because I think buyers know that there's a solution out there. Intrinsically, we all know that there is a solution some way, shape or form to the challenges that we face in our businesses. Yeah. And, yeah, we've got to go beyond that. Two sides of the coin, isn't it, really? So I suppose when you've got a problem on the other side of that coin is the solution, right? Yeah. <clears throat> but, we... Go on, Andrew. No, but you're saying going beyond that solution. That's interesting. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, I think selling a solution is a bit dated these days. So we can mm. all sell a solution. Yeah, I mean, it's all feasible. Buyers don't want that. There's plenty of research that say buyers want something different. And I kind of say what they're looking for is vice. It's kind of an easy acronym to remember that they're looking for value. value. They're looking for insights. Ooh. And the C stands for collaboration. And I think that's how we've got to look at it. How can we collaborate together to create something that's a transformation for their business? And uh, E stands for education. So they want to be educated. They want something new and different. And this is interesting because I often speak to buyers and say, what is it that would get an appointment in your diary from somebody who would like to sell you a product or provide you with a service? And the responses are really interesting. You might want to cover this later. You might mm. want me to and explain it what do you want, would you want to just carry on yeah no carry on yeah you're on it so carry on yeah so they say things like i will get an appointment in my diary really quickly if i get an approach and they've got something different to offer and they've done their research there's two things done the research and have something that they think will add value or be different and help me get where i want to be so that's how we've got to think about that process and add something different and then you'll get the appointment because many people say oh my god it's such a challenge to get the appointment how do i how do i do that well that's just how you might be able to do that and that's what buyers say ah so find the angle find that something that something different and that's what it's more than just the solution that's adding yeah. value that they may not have thought about right and that's where the transformation comes in how can we help you transform what you're doing yeah. Right. And then finding that magic somehow or gaining yeah. at least a, an understanding. Look, I, if we have this dialogue, we might be able to find this and that then opens up an interesting conversation. All right. Well, let's have a chat then. Yeah, I think it's you've got to kind of give them the seeds of something, maybe uh -huh. a right. transformational concept. So just yeah. a concept of how you might be able to help them to achieve their strategic goals. Love that. Um, and achieve something different in their business that as we said before, aligns to reducing costs or increasing revenue. Yeah, aligning to those strategic goals. I really yeah. like that. Let's give you a break for a minute. Mrs. Moderator, what's going on, Sarah? Um, not a lot in the chat. Steve Whittle makes a, a good point. Mm. Buyers will pay more if they trust you'll get the job done. 
That way you can compete on something other than price. Service adds value and sells. So it's about being, I think it's about being trustworthy, isn't it as well? You know, do do what you say you're going to do um, in the little things. Um, and Jonah says, we should not try to sell the product to the customer. We need to make the customer want to buy the product. When the customer's decided to call, they've probably already decided to make that purchase mm -hmm. and they just need the final convincing. Yeah, or you just go, as, as uh, Rebecca said, that, um, you know, you find an even more innovative solution that is like, oh, we'd never thought about that. Being even more creative with that. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And I really like that vice thing. I'm just going back to that because I think it was well worthwhile just um, highlighting what that means. I wrote that down while you were talking. So vice is an acronym for value, insights, collaboration and education. Right. And that. You know, that's the kind of mindset that you need to be in when you're selling is what you're saying right is to think vice first of all think vice yeah think vice and, that, and there's evidence to say that's what buyers are, are looking for they want to be educated and be brought new ideas and insights so like it brilliant and that brings us me on nicely um to think about so we've talked about relationships we talked about building trust we've talked about listening to the customer nurturing leads um, you know, and let the sale you know, close itself naturally, I suppose, is where this is coming to, that you don't have to have a convincer and a, and a script that closes the deal. You hear this often with salespeople, you've got to close the deal. What say you to that, Rebecca? Oh, there's what, probably 101 different ways you can close a sale, isn't there? <laughs> Something like that. Something 101 <laughs> ways you can close a sale. Yeah, yeah, you know, you, you're going to take option A or B or do you want it delivered today or tomorrow? You know, that kind of... Uh... <laughs> the double bind, yes. Do you want to talk to me now or later? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I think if you do all of the other things well, you are building that relationship. They have got to know, like, and trust you. They feel very comfortable with you. You're mm. creating something different for them. And then it becomes that natural close. It just becomes, of course, we will do business with you. And, you know, sometimes when I'm working with um, clients, they say, I find that they don't have, um, they don't quite know the timing to actually say, is it right? Is the timing right for us to do business together? And yeah. it's just a very natural question, isn't it? Is the timing it is. right? And the timing might not be right, but the timing could be right later, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, That's so interesting. You bring it to a natural close, but sometimes you may have to ask some of those questions along the way. Yeah. Yeah, like who's the decision maker and what's the next step and things like that, just to keep the the whole interest moving. But but that's just being interested in the deal, right? You know, and just getting to a conclusion that is working for both of you. Yeah, and always always having, as you say, Andrew, that next logical step agreed. Mm. And never yeah. without having that agreed. Without being too pushy, because I mean, I had a sales call the other day um, from from a double glazing. Um, salesman who, who the manager then came onto the call you know um, so he interrupted our call because the manager came in to kind of go oh right I just want to um, I just want to put my two pennies worth in and he just said so what can we do to make this decision you know um, over the line today and I'd only just said a few minutes ago <laughs> that we're going to get different quotes first of all and you know we're not quite sure what we want yet but we'll look at the costs first and you know we'll gather the information he didn't listen to any of that he just wanted to close the deal right then and we found that to be really pushy and we, actually we didn't go for that that company in the end we went for the kind of much more relaxed person who kind of said well you know we're a local company we do all these things by the way he was twice as cheap and um you know it was just a no-brainer so you know, but he, but they, he relaxed into the deal and it was so much easier to work with. Yeah, it's building that relationship again, isn't it? Indeed. Getting to know yeah. you, how you, how you want to deal with things, how you want to handle it and your approach. You know, we've got to think of it not from pushing the sell, right. but from the buyer. You know, what's important to you? Mm, yeah, indeed. And just give you a quick break again. There's loads going in the chat. Let's just pick up um, Sarah. Sarah, what's going in the chat very quickly? Yeah, lots. Um, just can we just repeat that acronym, Vice? Yeah, what, it, what it stands for. Go for it, Rebecca. Oh, V is for the value. So be thinking of the value you're going to provide to that company, so to your prospect. I is leading with insights. And that, you know, that, this is kind of one of the most important things. Don't, I say, don't contact companies without doing some research beforehand. So you can do a limited amount of research, at least have the courtesy to look at their website and see what they do. 
Um, but if yeah. you're going for larger accounts, you've got to do a big deeper dive on the insights um, across four sections, which we might come on to. Uh, C is about collaboration. So go with the intention of finding a way to collaborate with the with the company or the ideal prospect or the buyer, whoever you're talking to, the decision maker, and E is to educate them. Uh, that might sound a little patronizing, I don't mean it in that way. It's to kind of bring them something new that they don't already know about that will get their attention. So this buyer I was talking to recently, he's, a, he's part of a, a big uh, retailing business and he had a company that had something very new, unique around barcoding. And he said, oh, that was really different. Yeah. I, you get it, you've got a slot in my diary next week. And he's a C-suite executive. He's really um, chock-a-block with his diary. But this was interesting to him. Yeah. So, Peter's interest. Yeah, there you go. Yes, yeah. and it was something new that he could learn about. So, yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Thank you. So there's Vice, uh, Value, Insights, Collaboration and Education, folks. So uh, there you go. That's what you've learned today. Sarah, what else? Yeah, Matthias makes a good point. He said, yesterday, uh, one of the leading sales coaches in Norway came up with a post about the importance of the human aspects of sales. Ooh. The people you are selling to are human beings. The sales representatives are human beings. You should always make the sales human. Absolutely. You know, we all have our quirks, don't we? I like that. Well done. Yeah, lovely. Anything else you want to pick up on, Sarah? Uh, yeah, Aunt Jones, don't sell oh, a solution. Aunt. Give them advice, value and insight is totally true. Sales isn't selling them, it's helping them. Ah, yeah. So Anthony Jones from Ghost, our sponsor. So thank you very much. Yes. Lovely. We like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's about the uh, the edited highlights. <laughs> I just, I've just seen this one, actually, Sarah. 101 ways to... I'm just trying to find... Oh, okay. oh yeah, Jonas. 101, Jonas. 101 ways to lose a sale. That should be a book. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Not to win a sale, idea. but to lose a sale. I like that. Yeah. 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 David Anke says yeah. value. Yeah. yeah lo okay. Lots of love for the acronym VICE. Vice. It's, it's certainly one that's going to stick in the mind. Yeah. <laughs> brilliant. Okay. So there we go. So let's, um, let's, so I really like that whole thing about give value and lead with insight. Um, and that, I just want to kind of explore that a little bit further and bring this into the world of, I mean, Rebecca, what are your thoughts about email marketing and sales funnels for small to medium-sized businesses? I think they've got a really important role to play. Yeah. There's two types of um, email marketing. And one is just going out cold using email. And that doesn't have high open rates. But it can be affected, I think, effective, I think, when it's blended with something else. So, for example, you might message on LinkedIn and then you might also email them. So I think that can work quite nicely. OK, Cold. so so where you've warmed up, a, you know, where you've had that relationship back to what Rachel was saying, you know, how do I have open dialogue with with people when I'm not face to face with them? Starts yeah. with LinkedIn and then moves to email. That's yeah, electronic. You can, yeah, you can blend the two. That's nice. OK, um, but always aim to have a, a call um with them or meet them but then there's the warmed up list isn't there your people that have signed your joined your email list um, because you're giving them some value that could be a newsletter that could be top tips that could be insights that you're going to help them with and i think that's really really powerful so it helps you to build that relationship and it helps them to get to know like and trust you so uh, there's a big role to play i feel so email um, lists so you're a fan of email lists and building, nurturing that relationship through through email. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And what's the advantage of taking, you know, so you, you talked about starting with, say, LinkedIn, which is an obvious place to start because that's where all your contacts are and you, that's your network. And, you know, that's where all the content is that we engage with, if you like. Um, and then moving that to email, is there, what's the subtle importance to that? Is, is there one or am I just, you know, what am I seeing there? Yeah. There is one, Andrew. Mm. I think anybody who's a content creator on LinkedIn at the moment will notice that the chain, recent changes in LinkedIn algorithms means that you're not getting your content seen by as many people as you were three weeks ago. Oh. So we're always at the vagaries of LinkedIn. And if everything <laughs> is on LinkedIn, then we risk being at whatever changes LinkedIn might decide to make. Yeah. So bring them across into your world, into your email list, mm. and then it feels more personal. 
and it's more kind of one-to-one without having to be on LinkedIn. And I think it just helps you to increase that relationship with, with people. That's really interesting. So using LinkedIn for, you know, establishing um, some interest um, with the content that's going on, but actually where the relationship is built isn't necessarily through LinkedIn, particularly with all the changes they keep making to LinkedIn, is put them into your own, put nurture your your contacts outside of LinkedIn once you've established you know, that first relationship. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, always aim to have a call or have them at an event, create an event or um, have them on your email list just in case, you know, we never know what might what LinkedIn might decide to do in the future. And if everything that you do is on LinkedIn, then it's very all in one basket and that's not a good place to be. So blend your approach, use sort of modern selling techniques and blend it with a whole range of different things or the things that are going to work for you that might be email might be events might be linkedin might be outreach with um telesales or something like that but yeah have a blended approach and you know we know now that buyers are taking longer in that you know you've got the awareness and then they're thinking about they're they're considering you amongst other people other companies and they're taking longer in that process and they're doing that themselves so we've got to find different ways of engaging with them and i think if you're not using kind of modern sales techniques and being on social in the places where they are you're going to be missing missing a trick but yeah always encouraging to build that no like and trust by having various different touch points yeah, and it's not just all on social media, right? You just, you know, that's the key message here that, yes, that starts the conversation. That's where your moving parade is, right? But then taking taking that contact a little bit further and nurturing them differently through emails, you said, through events. Yes, okay, so still with LinkedIn and direct messaging through LinkedIn as well and contact um, telesales perhaps or even just, dare I say, picking up the phone and having a conversation. Or... <laughs> I love that, yes. Yeah. yeah, having a conversation, having a one-to-one conversation is um, highly recommended. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and Zoom makes that really easy these days, you know, uh, yeah. to jump onto Zoom and have those conversations. And those are key. And you mentioned telesales. It's just quite interesting thought for me. You know, so is that something that's coming back is tele- telesales or is it because, you know, we get that kind of hard kind of, oh, God, another telesales thing. But tell us a little bit more about that. Does it, does it, is that working? Is that still part of the modern sales technique? Yeah. I personally don't use it, mm. but I know companies that that do offer it as a service. And I think where they do it well is that it's like the second part. You've already made some outreach. You've yeah. already had some form of communication and then they can do the follow up and help to build the relationship rather more than that hard kind of outreach, cold telesales. Now, there may be well be people here saying that they've used that and it's really worked for them. I mean, it's just not an approach I use, but it does. You've got to find what works for, for you and your business, yeah. and that's just another angle you could take. Yeah, so it's using lots of different approaches and trying to put them together in terms of some sort of coherent strategy that works for your business, right? Yeah, you've got to find a process that works for you uh, and that's repeatable. I think that's key. Process uh, that works. I like that. And is repeatable and is mm-hmm. repeatable. I really like that. So process that works and is repeatable, folks. I love that idea. That's that that makes a lot of sense to me. The other thing that you know with email marketing campaigns and funnels and things like that, you know, they've got this kind of you know, nobody likes to be in a funnel, right? No, it's got a bit of a tarnished image as well, it? hasn't it? Yeah. We're being funneled through. We're being funneled, yeah. Yeah. But you know, if we think of it slightly differently and change our mindset and say well, we are helping our prospects to get to know, like, and trust us. Yeah, exactly. And if they don't like what we say, they can always unsubscribe or move it, move on to somebody else. We're not for everybody. So it's a great way of both of you understanding whether or not you're right for each other. Uh, okay, so there's an opt-in and an opt-out process, which which kind of helps to keep that 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 community, that subscriber community together. And as long as they're adding value, you're adding value, they will stay as a, as a subscriber. And that's just part of the process. But I suppose people learn to accept that as well, right? Yeah, I think so. And I think if your intention is always, I'm adding value. Value, yeah, there it is. If you don't like that value, then that's fine. You know, yeah. unsubscribe, it really doesn't matter um, for whatever reason. 
but you know i'm adding value and i'm offering you certain downloads and free things and various yeah, other platforms yeah. so you really get to know me and ultimately yeah you might and yeah sorry we clashed just carry on rebecca sorry no we might you know we'll we'll get to a point where the time is right for you to have a call yeah back to that vice again so add value add insights and collaborate with your audience online uh, on your email and you know you can still have a back and forth conversation via email right and uh, yeah. you know the education process so that's vice really you know what what way can we make vice work well that's through you know a funneling subscription email marketing campaign right yeah and have newsletters encourage encourage newsletters. companies to have a newsletter i know it sounds really dated and i was off newsletters probably about three years ago thinking mm. they're really old-fashioned <laughs> uh, i really did I, then i thought i thought about it hard and i looked at what other people were doing with newsletters and i thought actually they are a great way to again add value um and build your email list of people that are interested in what you're doing and how you're doing it or uh, what you offer. So I'm back into newsletters now. Back into newsletters. There you go, folks. Back into newsletters. Yeah. They take a bit of time to build, by the way. Rebecca and I were talking about that the other day. They, they do take quite a long time to build, but uh, Rebecca says they're worth it. So there we go. We're going to come on to the comments in a moment. Just before I do that, GDPR, tell me a bit more about that and how that affects email. Does that sort of get in the way or is it good? You know, what are your thoughts now on GDPR that we've kind of, you know, two or three years down the line on it now? I think as long as you're giving people the option to unsubscribe and that yeah. they've confirmed, well, first of all, they've confirmed that they are happy to receive emails from you. So just have this little statement when people sign up to your email list or to your content and mm. um, that they've consented. So that's fine. I think we're all pretty used to that these days. And secondly, there's always the option for them to unsubscribe. Of course. Um, right. So there's in place. Yeah. The choice yeah. all, all the way along. Let's bring the moderator back in again. Um, Sarah, what's going on in the chat? There's loads going on in the chat. Oh, lo loads going on in the go chat. Um, right. I'm just going to go back a little bit. So uh, good morning to Chantal Daniel. Good morning, listener. Chantal. Lovely. Uh, I'll send you Rebecca's details because I think that'll help. So I'm not going to read it all out, but good morning. Yeah. Good morning. Um, Maria Jeffers believes showing genuine passion for what we do shines through. Oh, yeah, um, I saw that earlier. We need to visit we our own purpose. Why are we in the role? Why are we doing what we're doing? Um, great point there. Yeah, um, that whole value-driven thing. Back to value again and putting vice to yourself as well and what's the yeah. value I bring. Yeah, love that and purpose. Makes the point about um, salespeople being massively monitored on what they're doing. How many calls can you make? What's this? What's so, mm. uh, you know, that that's just... A thought for you know maybe managers of sales teams how are you actually you know it's not just numbers it's more than that kpis are fine but it's more than that what sort of conversations are you having do your results speak rather you know Ouch. do you get better results but less calls maybe i don't know just just a thought for some of the managers yeah um, yeah rebecca just coming on that one you know what do you think so yeah it's very typical isn't it that some sales teams could just absolutely get monitored to death on the kpi numbers what say you to that i think sarah makes a great point here mm. <clears throat> it's the managers thinking about the quality of those conversations so if they allowed their teams to do a little bit of research before they made the call and actually spoke to somebody and they knew what they're a little bit about their business, how much more interesting would that call be than just phoning and trying to sell, sell, sell? Because you've got, you know, 50 calls to make today. So I think it's a good message for, for managers to think about the quality of those calls and allowing the teams to do a bit of research beforehand. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that so there's the secret, isn't it? It's all for you. It's all about working through the the research, isn't it? And really understanding what's going on before you start to make a pitch in any way to that client. It doesn't take potential much. potential customer. Yeah, just take a mm. quick look at their website. I'm talking very much B2B here. So yeah, maybe a bit different in the B2C world, but okay. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Anything else, Sarah? Yeah, good morning to Caroline. I hope I'm going to pronounce this right. Saidi. Yeah, um, sorry hi, for Caroline. joining late. Caroline, <laughs> catch us up on the podcast because it's a gem. Absolutely need to have a listen to this one. Um, good point from Steve Whittle. Nothing to do with selling as such, but he says if you use Linktree oh, yeah. on Twitter, 
your account may be ghosted because Elon Musk has fallen out with Linktree. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about the power of some people. Hey, Elon Musk gets a lot of power, doesn't he? Absolutely. Um, on, a on a serious note, uh, Stuart Prestige says newsletter and or mailing list pros and cons. Oh, well, let's answer that for Stuart. Morning, Stuart. Right. Go for it, Rebecca. Newsletter well, and or mailing list. It's all part of the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. Um, maybe a bit of elaboration, but newsletter and or mailing list, both. Do both. Do both. In fact, part, yeah. of, your, yeah, part of your mail list is then you, you, you use that for a newsletter, I yeah. guess. Yeah, maybe we've misunderstood that, uh, Stuart. So if you want to add some more in, let us know and we'll, we'll endeavour to answer. Anything else, Sarah? Uh, Joe Cooper, I love to send a letter as a salesperson. Ooh. It shows you've taken the time to engage, there especially if the stock you use as a letterhead has special features. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, it would because Joe is part of the uh, the real print. In, <laughs> integrity print are real printers that print real things. So, yeah, great. I like that, Joe. Fantastic. I love that as well. I used to use that a lot before lockdown. And then I realised people weren't going to be in their offices so a little bit more difficult, but I think it's really got, it's great. Okay. And actually, you can add something to the letter to make it a little bit, um, you could add, like I said before, a coffee voucher or a book or something like that to uh, just amplify your message a bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, different mediums give you different advantages, don't they? So, um, yeah. yeah, I like that. Okay. Anything else, Sarah? Yeah, just one final one that's coming. Uh, it just says Facebook user. So oh, hello, Facebook user. I don't know who you are, but belief in your product is vital. My late dad sold light fittings and one company he worked for had a rubbish sample that broke when he was demonstrating. Came home, threw it across the lounge and said, I can sell to the Middle East. I can sell, should be, I can sell sand to the Middle East, but it has to be good sand. <laughs> yeah, it has to work, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there, isn't it? about having that passion for what you do yeah and really being caring about your prospects and your clients and wanting them to get results yeah. I, yeah. I think something that um andrew does a lot of is giving away free content mm. so yeah. it's not always about going well i can tell you how to do it but you're gonna have to pay me lots of money it's like actually have you tried this you know for whatever you're you're doing or selling what can you give away um because it helps build trust yeah. You're so right. I just a thought on that. Um, so I wrote this book. This isn't a plug, but I wrote this book, um, uh, Developing High Performing Teams, 2017. And I gave away a lot of free content in this book. So you go to the website, you can download you know, a lot of the exercises. The intention was that people can do that and, and they've got the choice to do it themselves. Or they'll call me and say, actually, Andrew, can you come and do it for me properly? I used to get lots of calls from people to kind of say, thank you very much for your book. I've read that. I really like this particular exercise. I had a go at it. And I, I don't think I did it really well can you come and do it for me because you're you know actually you're the expert and you know that was I thought that was lovely so you know it made them come to me rather than me having to heavy sell if that if they could, just by giving away free content really helped actually I, I think it's a, a really great point people mm. are often concerned about giving away too much but I think you can give away a lot add a lot of value and then they really understand what you're about and what you can offer so I think kind of do a bit of a shift in your thinking on that one and give away advice and tips. And totally. Execute. Don't worry about the, the the IP so much. You know, if you've invented it once, you can invent it something else. And um, that Facebook user was my mate, Steve Maddox. So thank you, Steve. Great to see you online. Brilliant. Thank you for, for joining us this morning. Um, Stuart, um, oh, yes, Stuart. Stuart elaborated. Course. says newsletter is kind of live week by week week with news information for that week email list to set a series of emails that each subscriber goes through from the start can't okay. decide oh. which is best ah okay i would say you rebecca i get it well now. yeah well, I, I understand i think the uh email marketing or the email using giving advice on a specific topic through email marketing uh, creating a series of emails is brilliant but it might get to a point when you say i'm going to shift that to a newsletter yeah, or you just do a newsletter as part of that strategy once a month, right? Yeah, which is what I do, a newsletter every month and yeah. have a number of um, email tips going out. Well. Yeah, I wouldn't want to do an email uh, newsletter every week. They just take too long. Uh, <laughs> Stuart would be my thought. And once a month is perfectly okay. And then you've got more to catch up on, right, in the month. Yeah. So, and yeah, just a thought for you. Um, back to you, Sarah. 
Uh, yeah, a bit of a rant from Matthias about pushy salesmen. Yeah, we don't, <laughs> we don't like pushy salesmen. <laughs> a nice one, Matthias. <laughs> we, we like a good rant on this show. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, we do. Um, Aunt Jones, believe in what you do and understand why you're doing it. Be motivated and don't give up. It's about trying new things, seeing what works, and it's about building that relationship between you and your clients. Absolutely. Brilliant. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Thank you. Well done, Ant. And I think we had something from Maria just saying that she says something or other there, I think. Yeah, try to, uh, she, Maria agrees about providing free content. Um, she tries to provide free content in her LinkedIn posts, commit to doing two a week, and focuses on the value of the posts and what it can add to her network. Yeah, and actually, Rebecca, you're an expert at that too. So um, I see your posts add a lot of value. So and they always get a lot of dialogue as well. I think the key thing is the consistency of them. Mm. So twice a week is great. And if you can up it to three, brilliant. Um, but the consistency of it, so doing it every week is the key thing. People then get to know that you post regularly and then that builds engagement and uh, interest in, in what you're doing. And I like the way you said every week there. So I get some sales messages coming through every day. It feels a bit too much to me. What do you think, Rebecca? Oh, this is a great question. Mm. Um, I have been experimenting with posting every single day. Yeah. And I'm cutting back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard to get value every day, isn't it? And um, you know, it is, it is hard. So I'm probably I'm committing now to doing um, four to five posts a week, not seven, because if you want to do real quality each time, I think to do seven quality posts every single day is quite is quite challenging. So experiment find the, the rhythm that works for you right Key is doing it consistently are you talking about linkedin posts there or emails oh, there. yeah sorry i was yeah. you, so you're talking about linkedin so so linkedin absolutely more regularly because that's about social selling and it's about adding value through content and insights and things like that on the email yeah. side you know when you bring people from linkedin oh, yeah. onto email what do you do then rebecca what's what's your thoughts on that yeah i send an email every two days Oh, right. Every two days. Wow. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. I send one every week to my, to my subscriber group. So, uh, yeah, interesting. I'd be interested to see what you guys think as well. Um, you know, what, what's your experience with mail list every day, uh, three times a week as Rebecca does once a week, you know, what's, where's the sweet spot folks, you know, you, you, you let us know. Rebecca thinks, um, once every two days, I think once a week. So it just depends on your audience, I guess. Yeah, I think when somebody's subscribed to something that you've offered for free, so maybe mm. you've got a free download and they um, want that, I think they're very keen at that point to kind of learn as much as they can okay. about what it is. And I think if you're giving, uh, I think every day is too much personally. Yeah, A lot of people swear by it, but I just think it's too much. Too much. You feel yeah. like you're bombarding them. So I thought a happy medium is every two days and I gotcha. check my stats and I know the open rates and all of those sorts of things. So that feels about right. And I'll do that for, you know, maybe 12 to 20 emails and then I'll reduce it for reduce it to less. Uh, once they've got the intensive kind of tips and advice and support and then I'll reduce it. Okay, so, so once you've built nurture, you can then, you know, spread the love in a different way, right? Yeah. Okay, that's useful to know. So there you go. There's some tips and hints on on mail lists, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. We're coming to the end of the show. Um, very brief. And I want to bring on your call to action. But very briefly, sort of just, I'm going to put you on the spot here and summarize some practical tips that we can take away for increasing your sales, Rebecca, just, um, just give us three or four practical tips that we've covered okay. today that, you know, we can just take away. So shift the focus from sales to thinking about your prospect or the decision maker and really focus in on their world and what's happening in their life and in their business and how you can help them. Think about how you ditch the solution sell and think about how you can help them to create a transformation. Oh, yeah. I also say ditch the discovery meeting. And I, you know, I'm going against the grain here, I know, but when we think about the discovery meeting, we generally are having a conversation with somebody for them to tell you lots of things about their business, which you could probably get by doing some research, first of all. So think of your discovery meeting in a different way that you're going to add value to them in the discovery meeting, not just waste their time by them telling you what you could have already found out. And if we put the boot on the other foot and we have that happen to us, 
it's very frustrating when they ask you lots of questions. If they'd done a bit of research beforehand, they could have asked much better questions. Oh, yeah, um, indeed, absolutely. That whole yeah. thing about the afters is more important. I think I love the jelly effect for that. There's a book called The Jelly Effect. I've forgotten who it's by. Brilliant book. And he talks about don't worry about discovery calls, just focus on the afters, which means research, research, research. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Rebs. That's uh, brilliant, Rebecca. Thank you very much. Let's go to your um your call to action here. So talk us through this very quickly, uh, Rebecca. Yeah, very quickly. There's generally about 16 touch points because mm. that interaction between you and your business before to build that know, like, and trust. And this is a very simple uh, cheat sheet where I've got 30 ideas, just over 30 ideas on what those various touch points could be. So you can start to map out the journey for your prospect. Brilliant. Um, and I've downloaded that. It's brilliant. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. So, yeah, just a simple uh, touch sheet list of things that you could do to build those touch points in your brilliant. business for your brilliant. prospects. And the link is in the, um, it's just in the feed now. I can just see it there. So the link's there for you. And then we've got this newsletter here as well that you can subscribe to as well, right? Yeah, so back into newsletters. Um, <laughs> there you go, Stuart. This is a newsletter every month, and it, I just share my next event or thoughts about sales and gaming and retaining clients. Oh, gaming. And um, they have an offer in it, all those sorts of things. So just once a month, and always as the opportunity to unsubscribe. But I hope you won't, because I think you'll find it has lots of value. Love the way you said that. And there's a consummate way of beautifully said um, in a lovely way. So there's how to sell beautifully. So uh, thank you, Rebecca. A consummate lesson in how to do that. Very nice. And finally, I've just got um, Rebecca's website here. I just thought I'd quickly show you this. So um, this is rgen.co.uk. Yeah, thank you. That's kind of you, Andrew, for showing that. So offer there to get my book. Um for free just a there's a charge of five pounds for postage if people want to get that and um yeah there you go yeah and we we advertised the book last time on the show as well so some of you lucky peeps already got that book so there you are so fantastic so thank you very much um oh wow what a brilliant session and i think it sounds like we need another session on this so selling seems to be something that is very close to everybody's heart right now particularly in these tough times so thanks again rebecca for enlightening us today with an extraordinary playful conversation around um not being salesy and being authentic in our selling and we loved having you on the show again my friend and this show will be on podcast two peeps so look out for that and uh, please remember to subscribe to my leaders live email list i'd love you to do that and the link will be in the list in a moment so please 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 subscribe uh, this really does help to grow and evolve um the leaders live um uh, brand and what we're doing and uh, also um the link to my link tree and hopefully um Ellen Musk won't um, won't spam it or ghost it, um, so that's all easy peasy to get to. And those links will be in the there they are as, as I said. So, Sarah, so put the link in the comment or Tilly's put the link in. Fantastic. And just very briefly, a little bit about our sponsors, Ghost. Ghost are a brand and design agency with an exceptional team of highly skilled and vibrant people that help and share brands to inspire businesses, just like mine, just like yours. So, um, yeah, um, thank you very much, Ghost, for sponsoring us and uh, very. Very finally, we're just going to come on to the final moments here. Um, Sarah, just talk a little bit about what we do at PDX. Sarah. Yeah, it, it just comes back to mm. great communication. You know, it's always good to talk. Um, if you think we can help you in any way, if there's, you know, if you've liked what you've heard, get in touch with us. If you're struggling with your sales teams or communicating in your business, you know, get in touch. It costs nothing to talk. Pick up the phone, have a chat with us, see if we can help. If we can't, who, you know, who else do we know? Um, if you're struggling with your LinkedIn, um, great shout out for Tilly at Marketing CX. They are fantastic. Again, just get in touch, talk through how can we help? You know, have we got something that we can bring value to your business? How can we make a difference for you? Brilliant. I love that. How can we make a difference for you through those things? And, you know, getting teams to work well with together, taking the vice being the collaboration piece, the C bit in vice is really important. And that's the bit that we do really well is to help you and your team to collaborate and talk well together. Thank you, Sarah, for that. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, the goose for next week, folks. So um, next week on Valentine's Day, that's the 14th, if you didn't know, get your cards ready, folks. At 8.45 a.m. UK time, we spread the love. Do you like what I did there, Valentine's Day? Spread the love by hanging out with uh, with an entrepreneur, my mate. Um, this is an entrepreneur with a difference. And my mate, the amazing Mr. Paul Brown, who in 2004 gave up his role as a manager of a graphic studio to become a highly skilled magician it takes a lot to be one of those kind of people lots and lots of skills and training involved in that and uh, in not only that but one of the very best in the UK who's built a whole business around this and has an international presence too oh I think that deserves a Ah, yeah, and a, ooh. So we'll be talking about um, his story, about how he developed that business, and also why this is relevant to you. So how hiring a magician will enchant, like what I did there, enchant your customers for things like big events. Um, what a great way. When I, when I um, w- with my first book, I'll just grab it, uh, You Are More Than You Think, when we did the, the, um, the book launch for that, Paul did the, the magic for that show. We had 150 people there. All my business colleagues were there, you know, from various different client bases and customers. And Paul did the magic and he was brilliant. And people are still talking about the magic that he did then at that show. And it just brings customers and clients together to talk and just have fantastic time. And, you know, people talk about those kind of events forever. So it's a great way of selling without selling, right? So we think we're going to love it. So be there or be square, folks. So that's coming up um, next week. And we're going to close with our um, outro right now. So thanks for hanging out with us today again. And um, thanks for being an awesome audience. Um, and thanks very much for being part of this show and creating such a great community vibe. The podcast will be out shortly too, folks. And in the meantime, that's a wrap, wrap, wrap. So from Rebecca, from Sarah and me and this week's sponsor, Ghost, um, have a great week ahead. Here is our outro. Thank you very much. We're going to say goodbye to you now. Ta-ra for now, folks. We'll wave goodbye to you. Thanks very much. Cheers now, everybody. Fantastic. Thank you very much indeed. There we go. So that's a wrap, 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 folks. See you again next week. Cheers for now.